definition, a composer of songs. On today's show, we're talking to John Neville. John is an Irish songwriter who's very well known in the Irish songwriting scene. Yeah, he talks about his, you know, his early music influences are from that American folk tradition. And he kind of likes that old timey bluegrass style as well. He's, I suppose, a legend in the famed lobby bar music venue. John would be very well known to people in traditional circles for his band North Craig, which was a very well known band in the Irish music scene who traveled the world and they made a few albums. His tragic song, The Wobbling Man, actually received an acclaimed mention in the New York Times by uh, the writer Jennifer Finney Boylan in her piece, Ireland's Transition and Mine. He's also provided credits for various TV documentary series. And um, he has just such an innate talent around rhyming words and just the way he constructs a piece of music. It's great to hear him break down the song in the interview as well and showing how different bits were put together and constructed. There's a brilliant quote about um, John from Niall Toner, author of the book, The Nuts and Bolts and Songwriting. And he says he's up there with John Spillanger, Wolf and Jimmy McCarthy and all the great singer-songwriters who come from that part of the world. And that's high praise indeed. So you're absolutely in for a treat um, in today's episode. So John has done two soul albums and he talks about both and we go through the individual songs. What I enjoyed about this interview was there was times where the songwriting was heartbreaking and then go on to a song that was funny or, you know, fun. So there was highs and lows in his songwriting and he was able to do that. I mean, that's a sign of a great songwriter to somebody who can, uh, you know, have an audience and have them crying one minute and have them laughing the next minute. It's a great skill to have. Yeah. I think listeners are really going to enjoy our conversation with John today because he's just got such great insights into the craft of songwriting. If you like our podcast, please like and subscribe. It does help us out a lot. And um, share with your fellow songwriters out there. We hope you enjoy this conversation with John Neville. Welcome, John, to Songsmith, and um, we're so happy to have you here. I'm delighted to be here, and it's great to be a Songsmith. Of course. One of my favourite Songsmiths, actually. Thank you ever so much. Um, I suppose, to get straight to it, how did you get started in songwriting? Well, there was music in my family because my father was a continental accordion player, playing with bands. Um, we didn't have much money, so there was no instruments floating around. I remember my mother coming back one evening in December with a guitar for my younger brother and she planked it away in a wardrobe and I took it out and I started playing it on it and I said I'm going to be a songwriter. <laughs> was that his Christmas present? Or... Yeah and, 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 <laughs> and, I broke it, a... and I broke a string in it <laughs> and then I was wondering how was I going to fix it. Mm-hmm. I brought up to a friend of mine up the road a man that played guitar because anyone that walked around with a guitar I followed him around like a sniffing dog. So he tied a knot in the string I think and then I didn't touch it just in case anything else happened, you know. It wasn't an expensive guitar, but I knew I was smitten. So can you remember the first song you wrote? I can. It was about travelling to West Cork on Friday evenings after a week's work down to Allahy's Youth Hostel 
a long, long way down the road in winter nights with a friend of mine. The first line was, travelling out in the evening dark. The mileage needle hit 60 on the clock. It's so nice to leave the city far behind. And I was away. What age were you at that I was, point? I was, I was probably 19. I knocked around with three guys. And they were three fantastic musicians. And they had a couple of guitars between them. And I used to call out to the house because I had no guitar and I used to watch them. And I was so motivated. I bought a guitar. I locked myself in my room at night. I dropped needles down on Neil Young albums and learned the songs off. And two years later, they invited me to form a folk band with them. You just mentioned Neil Young there. Who are your biggest songwriting um, influences then yourself? Everybody influenced me. And I love all kinds of music, all genres. Because on the new album, there's six genres of music on it because I wanted a bit of everything. Because now I'm in my 60s, I wanted <laughs> something from all the different parts of my past yeah. that I loved. But the most influential people at the time for me would have been Crosby, Susan Ash Young, James Taylor, Rory Gallagher. Because mm-hmm. I was from Cork. Yeah. I used to go to Rory at Christmas time and stand on the canvas seats in the city hall and some of them would break, the people dancing on them, they wouldn't take it, <laughs> and they'd go through the city. Everybody from that era influenced me, especially the American stuff, yeah. and bluegrass stuff from Cork. The Lee Valley String Band, I loved that old-timey stuff. And I listened to everything, including traditional music, because I, I played it and formed a band called North Craig afterwards with other guys. They were much younger than me. But I was. they asked me would I join them because I was writing I was backing traditional music and I could play the, the guitar well enough. Then I got contracted to write some songs for them. North Craig, they're a traditional band, but you wrote original songs for North Craig. I did. I, that's when I wrote The Wobbling Man. That was probably probably the most famous song I ever wrote. Yeah. Um, because it was written about in the New York Times. But I did other songs for them as well uh, that would be good for for traditional bands, you know. You know, when you're writing for other people, do you ha- you're, you're obviously, are you writing from your own kind of style or your own point of no, view? No, or are I, you I, trying to fit it in with what they're I, doing? What I did was, I, for a couple of times for them, and actually this song uh, called Press Gang Paddy, because that was a standard thing. The, all, a lot of the traditional songs were about a handsome cabin boy who was a girl mm-hmm. looking for her, her sailor boy away, mm-hmm. and she went away as a sailor. And I was writing, like all those famous songs, that fellas or press gang in London I upped the beat in it and I brought it up so that it would be for a band on stage mm-hmm. it'd be a great band song for playing live you know traditional lyrics then mm-hmm. I just I wrote them but I, I, I listened to a lot of different songs and got ideas and how would I put my lyrics in that song and I did and one of the guys in the band said I think somebody is going to sing that song someday yeah. and, and a Danish band called Moving Cloud, which is a famous Irish traditional tune. They were doing an album and they got in touch with me. They said, could they record that song? And I was thrilled. It was my first song recording. That was a long time ago now. A band in America, uh, they recorded a very popular song that a lot of people love. And it's called Goodbye Waltz. It's about leaving home, leaving your mother, and she seeing the children leave the house. And she puts on a light in the, in, in the hallway and that light is always on for you. Mm-hmm. She says, that's what it's, the song is about. A lot of people love it when they hear it. It's quite sad for a lot of people, but it's, it's not meant to be sad. 
but they get emotional from it. In a window was always a light And on a dark winter's night If you stood outside It was always burning bright When you're writing for traditional sound, uh, traditional music, is it different than, say, writing for pop music? It is, it is absolutely very, very different. Because I would think that traditional bands tend to play traditional songs, so is it kind yeah. of hard to break in with well, new material? What happened was, I was playing with guys that were 19 and 20 when we met up. Uh, I was much older than them. I had played with a lot of bands in Cork in, in the lobby bar. My personal view now is that it was a great opportunity for me to write serious songs. The Wobbling Man was probably one of the best songs I've ever written, and that went weird on that album. It was incredible. It was a good song. But I think it was out of place. One thing about the, the Wobbling Man, it's a brilliant song, but I can imagine it's hard to place that song on an album because it's it's so different to, to anything, really. It's so personal. And it's so personal. So it's at the end of the album, which no, is... No, no, no. It's on the end of my new album. Oh, okay. I, oh it was on What the happened was it got lost in the traditional circle. Yeah. Really, it was, it got lost there. But we put it as the third song. Yeah. And I got a great compliment from a great old friend of mine, still a friend of mine. Johnny, he said, I still take out that Mark Craig's first album and I put it on and I press track three because he, he had his ups and downs with struggle and, and, and depression and, and things like that, you know, and, you know, things, things that would, would, would hurt you, you know, in life, yeah. you know. Yeah. And he's an incredible man, fantastic man. But he said that song warms him. So there are, I mean, a couple of people who lecture on, on alcohol abuse and things like that have used that as their reference song. I left unknowingly as a boy The wobbling man was like a toy You'd wind him up and let him go And watch him wobble to and fro But soon I learned to laugh no more When I'd hear the key turn in the door The silence came, no one would talk Around on eggshells we would walk Mama, mama, tell me why The dark clouds always fill our sky While other children laugh and play I find a corner and hide away Do you want to tell us what The Wobbling Man is all about? You know, how you describe it to other people. Um, well, The Wobbling Man had a very emotional effect on me and it was the cleansing of my soul. It was also what gave me a, a form of treatment to recovering myself in my life and become a normal person, I think. The Wobbly Man is about an alcoholic father who was verbally abusive a lot of the time and it was we, we had no money, we had nothing. So when I, was, when I decided I was going to write that song, I thought back to all the times 
and things that I could remember that had an effect on me. And one of the great things, it wasn't great, but it was great to remember to write a song. Mm. Mm. It wasn't great f- for thinking back on it. Yeah, so it was cathartic. He, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, 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 he used to work late hours, and but he'd never hand over the old time for food or things like that. He was an alcoholic. I understand now that an alcoholic is a person who can't control it, but that meant nothing to me as an eight-year-old child. He was drinking the money. And I always think of John Prine's beautiful song where he says, there's a hole in daddy's hand where all the money goes, mm-hmm. in daddy's arm. I thought of that song and I thought of where all my money went. Mm-hmm. I went to school in plastic shoes because we didn't have money for that. And there'd be fine holes and they'd fellas giggling at you at the time. And I, but I, we didn't care. We, that's the way we were. We, we couldn't do anything about that. But I remember all the things that happened that were sad in, in that time. I, my mother would be crying. She'd be upset. A woman bends to stoke the fire. The flames were once, like her desire, she held for the man that shared her dream, who turned out to be cold and mean. A woman bends to stoke the fire The flames are once like her desire She held for the man who shared her dreams Who turned out to be cold and They watched her by the fire, poking the fire, crying into the fire, when he giving out about his dinner. Because he was late at home. Things like that the financial side of it, trying to get money from people. So I, I, I wrote the song and uh, I asked my family, would they listen to the song before we released it to see would they accept it? Because they may not. They may not like that to be brought out. And mm. they said they would, like to, they would like to hear it. I had a couple of people who didn't like it, but some other people did love it because it was very good for them. It was good for me. Um, and I thought it was great lines in it. And one line that really got to a lot of people, it hurt them. And uh, it hurt me a little bit too. And uh, it just showed an emotion in a man who had done so much wrong in his life, I felt. He kisses the photograph of the, the wedding couple in the morning. To his lips, a picture I see impress of a dancing woman in a wedding dress. The morning we were burying her. Mm-hmm. That was a very emotional yeah, morning. I can only imagine. As the cold October morn begins, and no man cries for his past sins, to his lips the picture I see impressed of a dancing woman in a wedding dress. But in that line, there's a bit of empathy for him. In yeah, a way. there is, maybe, but my, my point still was. That when I was eight years of age and I was waiting for him to come home, I couldn't understand that uh, alcoholism mm. was a disease. I had no interest in that. All I knew was that we were looking for money to get food and my mother had to go to work and that was one of the reasons why she was sick because she, she worked hard, you know. What's brilliant about that song is you're looking from the child's perspective at the start and he sees this man who's wobbling, as you say, because he's drunk. And the child doesn't understand it. He said, um, what's the line about? I laughed and lonely as a boy. The wobbling man was like a toy. Yeah. yeah. 
a child would almost see that as being something funny or amusing. And then later on, as this character gets older, he realises it's a serious problem and it's an issue. And you kind of grow up with the character in the song. Yeah, I mean, one of the things that I always remember, this is this is so vivid in my mind now, I'm talking about it now, my mother would say, come on, we'll go upstairs. I was the eldest in the family. And we'd go in, he'd be gone to work, he may not be drinking heavy at the moment, but you know the system and you know when it's starting. So we'd go up and we'd look into an old top coat. Hidden inside an old top coat is a, is a pocket full of tempo notes. And we, if he was willing to what we would call the batter, he would know what kind of money he took out and he drank during the last week. Yep. So this was our time then to get our money. Mm-hmm. So we take the money and uh, we take it and we use it for what we needed. When you perform that live, do you still, is it, is it more just a performance now or do you still feel it every time? Or? I feel it a lot of the time, but there was a time when I used to find it hard to keep it under control. Yeah. The most amazing performance of that song was with North Craig in Lurgan in a folk club shortly after the album came out. There was a lot of alcoholism in that area too, mm-hmm. but... But a lot of those women, the husbands were in jail mm. through the troubles. When it came to the wobbling man, the hair on the back of my neck started to stand up. And the guys in the band were looking straight out and they were speechless. They weren't going to talk to me, but you know what I mean. They were looking dead straight ahead. They didn't know what they did, couldn't understand it. Mm. And they sang every line of that song. Mm. And that was an amazing, an amazing feeling. Could you say you divide your songs so into, like I said, Wobbling Man is a very personal song, but do you also write songs that are song craft in terms of your writing songs? I, I, I write songs in specific ways now. I did it for the first time for the new album, for a song called Sun Valley Drive. I wrote in the 60s, up, up to the 60s, they had specific ways of writing all of the songsmith shops in, in, in the States. Obviously, The Wobbling Man is a very personal song. But do you also write songs that are not personal? You know, they're more for the craft of song and the, the, the joy of songwriting rather than being a very personal backstory. Yes, I, I, I have, I've been asked to write a few songs for specifics. Yeah. One was about Salmon on the River for a film that was done in Cork, and I wrote that song. Um, I've done quite a few songs for people. I've done songs for a friend of mine who they lost their son uh, a couple of years ago, and uh, he committed suicide. I've written a couple of songs about suicide on the album. There's one on the al- first album, actually, called Bright New Day. But I, I wrote, I've written lots of things. I've written a song about 50 pairs of shoes because yeah. I went to school with no shoes, plastic shoes. So I wrote about my my passion with shirts and shoes. And fashion in general, you're a bit of a fashionista really, yeah. aren't you? 
I touch, I suppose, yeah. So you can write a song for a bit of fun, but you can also write a song that has meaning to it. I'll give you another song now that has a bit of fun to it. Um, myself and William Cronin, we, we, he was asked, I was asking him in the country what would happen now when the COVID would finish and the pubs would open up and they'd be legitimised again to open as normal. Maybe shorter hours, but they would open. And he said, well, they'll go mad in the pubs and they'll be pulling back the tables and they'll be dancing around and there'll be bands coming in and they, they'll, people will go mad, you know, because they weren't out for so long. And I said, wouldn't it be great to write a song about that? Hmm. And uh, so I did, I wrote a blue, kind of a bluesy song for it. And um, What's it called? Uh, it's called Nobody Left at Home Tonight. Oh, yeah. There'll be nobody left at night. There'll be nobody left that's right. There'll be nobody left at home, at home tonight. It's about when the pub finally gets the word that they're opening up. They get in the stock. They do up the pub. They, they're after doing it up. It's as good as it ever looked <laughs> because it's so long since it was open. And then people come out. Old friends meet. Uh, they come together. There's a bit of crack going on. And there was a, a lady called Mary in it who put up a bit of weight because she wasn't doing much when the COVID was on. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, I remember saying, and I, I wanted to make it funny at the same time. So they pull back the tables, get all on the floor, let yourself go wild, you know. That, that. And do you collaborate much Yeah, with I would, I would, yeah, I did yeah. collaborate with a few. But I'll tell you what the problem is. The objective of me writing songs is to try and get somebody famous to sing them. I've got people famous to sing them, but they were only famous in my own sphere. Yeah. So I just can't break it down. But I'm trying. Yeah. And that's what I want. I want to write for the people who say, let's see what else this man has in his, in his stock and we'll see, can we use it? So that's my objective. That's my songwriting work. And that's why I'm full time at it now. But it never ends, really, because I heard an interview recently with Don Black. Yeah. And he's in his 80s. And the man still is... Yeah, and he's a good writer. ...gone several projects on the go at the yeah. time, and he never stops. And he said it keeps me on. Yeah, yeah. and uh, so I'm doing that. I'm hoping I'll get a break sometime, that somebody worthwhile will take one of those songs. Um, I have a couple that I really think are, have a great shot, but they just you just can't get a hit in there. Mm. But I, I'm, I'm, I'm keeping going with it, and that's what I do. And I, I look at different ways of writing songs and different things about... I've written songs about everything including an old honeybee that I dreamt I was. I'm just an old honeybee Someone that she'll never see I'm just a fly-by collector Pity for me It's a pity for me There's so many songs and writers and good writers Clever writers, good with words, good at finding the right words, good at rhyming, good at delivering the story. And remember that there are stories everywhere now. People forget about it. People that start songwriting forget. There's so much out there. There's songs of grief, songs of tragedy, songs of love, fall in, fall out. Social history. I'm a first man for social history. Yeah. Sun Valley Drive is a social history song. Yeah. I love it because of that reason. It tells the story of what the corporation did with changing the name of an area 
I thought I was living in America when I was living around Sun Valley Drive. What was the original name of that area? There, there was a couple. There was a couple of names from its history. The Tarry Road was one of their names, but uh, it was there was another. Uh, it's gone out of my head this very moment now. But there was an older name than that, and it was a small brewery there, as well as that way back the line. So, those places were changed to make us feel good about ourselves. And I, I, I at that time, you had things like the High Chaparral. Batman and Robin, all those American shows were coming in, made in Los Angeles and places like that. I, I thought I was living in Los Angeles. So the council came in, they just changed the name of an entire they tried, area? Well, they, they changed several names, but the closest thing that we got to America was the long straight road going all the way up the hill. It was the first song in my time that I put the whole structure down first without writing a word. I would like the boys, the Tin Pan Alley boys and all those guys in the States. They had systems of writing songs and they were standard. They were called a standard song. And it was all of them, no matter what who the writers were, they were all the same length of time because the music is time. So it was always almost the same time. They might extend a bridge. They might put a bridge in or they might put a second verse and chorus in, but rarely, but it did happen occasionally. So I wanted to write a song in that old style. So before I ever wrote a word on that song, I decided on the things I said firstly. What was, did, what was the genre? What would the genre be? It was going to be folk pop, rock pop. Yeah. I don't know how you'd say that exactly, but it was that type of vibe. So for that, I wanted to have a riff. So the first thing that was going to be written for the song was a riff. And that riff was going to be, something about that was going to be a continuous riff through the whole song. Every time you came out of the end of the song, the chorus, you went back into the riff again and you played a bit of it because I wanted to draw the song out a little bit. And there were no lyrics being sung and you could still get in the mood. Can you play the riff for us from Sun Valley Drive? Uh, I think I could. I had an idea that it was going to be medium slow. I knew I had it. That's it. Oh, right so through good. the whole song. Right through the whole song. Right, goosebumps. I love it. So that's a case of finding the music first. Mm -hmm. Finding the riff first. I walk up to the highest place that I know. I was born there so many years ago. We went to school there every morning, right? Down the Sun Valley Drive. Yeah. So in every starting verse then was going to be like that. Yeah. That was it. So, John, obviously with Sun Valley Drive, you started with the title, and how did it progress from there? I didn't write one word about it until I knew how we were going to sing it. So I created all the old-style writing song systems, and I picked one, 
And I, I, I said it was going to be a pop rock song. So it needed a riff. I did a riff. I found a riff. I knew it was nice because it was, I, I could feel it. I just knew I had a groove. And we, I walked on the first verse. I said, we'll pick a verse. We'll then pick a chorus. We'll pick a verse again, short, and to the point. And we pick a, 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 a chorus again. But when I did a chorus, they always say that the theory in songwriting is if you write the chorus, you should always try and mention the name of the song within the chorus. And you should also mentioned the hook, which was, come on up, I'll take you up. And that's that line is the same every time. Mm. And you always finish down the Sun Valley Drive. Yeah. So there was the name of the song and a double hook. But there was a third thing going to happen in this verse. I wanted to do it. I thought about it already. Most people, when they use, uh, they use a chorus, they use the same chorus right through every time. But I wanted to change one word every time to try and tell a different story for that chorus because that's the focal point of the song. And what I wanted to do, I wanted to rhyme a word with drive. So in the end, it turned out to be arrived, strived, survive, alive. Songwriting is practice. Yeah. If you're practicing and you're practicing both music, playing the instrument, and doing the lyrics. It becomes, sometimes I might do the lyrics first. first. Mm-hmm. In this case, now it's different. I'm doing the, the song structure first. Yeah. Total structure first. But if you, if you practice enough, all those kind of words come into your head, yeah. you know, it, it's easy. It becomes easy. Actually, it becomes easy. But the thing is to get it and to tell it in a way that you know it's going to catch people. Mm-hmm. It was easy to say, well, I, I walked down to the shop. Well, then you got to change that up a little bit. So there are things you can do to help that. So that's what you got to work on. you got to create it so that people will be drawn into the line. Yeah, you I, in the song you described the different characters, like the girls yeah. going for a night out. And yeah, 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 and that was my favourite verse. Yeah. Because I was a young boy, <laughs> I was starting to tingle, and I was saying, aren't they lovely girls? They were women, young women. And uh, they were beautiful. And they were walking down with their, with their clothes on, going out dancing. Their beehive and jive. With their beehive and jive. Mm-hmm. Friday night and the working week is gone. The going out girls put all their makeup on. We watched them walk to town with their beehive and jive. Down the Sun Valley Drive. Take you up, I'll show you around See the city from this higher ground Up here you really feel alive On the Sun Valley Drive This is another song where I have the argument about people writing specific words and concentrating too much on words when it should be concentrating on music this time. There are times when you should concentrate solely on the music when it's going to be a groove. When the groove is the most important thing. Sting was the man that did that. Yeah. Sting wrote everything, little thing she does is magic. 
every little thing that's turned me on, would you have the confidence to write that down and sing it and put it on an album? You know, he was in the pop world. My, my belief in that scenario is that you need to concentrate on the music. You've got to get the groove in the groove and you've got to drag the people with you, like a train moving. He did that with that song. He got that groove and then he concentrated on the words after. Yeah. We're talking about every little thing she does now is magic yeah. now. And then, here's the opposite side of that theory that I, I try to tell people about when they ask me about songwriting. He then went and concentrated solely on lyrics mm. when he did one of the most recorded songs in the world, Fields of Gold. Because everybody was going to listen to that beautiful song with a beautiful melody. Slowly, I'm always telling singers, you got to get the diction right. And that's my stink story. If you could have anyone cover your songs, who would you like to have cover one of your songs? Who would be the, who would be the dream performer now for your song? Um, that's a very difficult question because, um, I don't know, I, I, I'd like somebody in the pop world, I suppose, mm-hmm. who doesn't write themselves, but most people are writing themselves yeah. now. Um, I would love if Christy Moore covered one in, in Ireland mm-hmm. because he has a, a massive following. And if you got somebody like him to cover it, then other people would say, let's have a look at this guy and see what has he got. Nathan Carter would mm-hmm. be my... I'd love him to cover something. Mm-hmm. He's a good singer, a good performer, and I think he likes some of the songs that I'm writing. There is that element of songwriting, though, as well, that um, until somebody covers your song, it kind of gives you credibility yes. for, for a lot of people. That is a fact, yeah. Now, I've, I've got a few people covering my songs, but there were people who are much the same as myself. Yeah. So I'm just not out there yet, you know, Um I got a couple of nice compliments from DJs and stuff like that, but the bottom line is it looks like I'm never going to make it in that level, at that, at that level. But I love writing and I love writing songs and my sons have a long life, I hope, after me and they can go pushing the songs in. The songs will never die. Yeah. They'll always be there. Yeah. So that's the one thing about writing a song. Mm-hmm. It's never gone. But they say that you should never really write for success, you know, you should just write for yourself. Because no, I, I, I'm writing for success because I want it to be my job. <laughs> I want yeah, to be my job. I had a full-time good job, a really good job. Yeah. And when I was working, it was great to write for fun. But now I'm trying to make a living out of it. Yeah. So I want to be a writer. Yeah. And I think, I think that's why I write. I write about everything. Yeah. Most people say, how would, he, how would you write that? I wrote a song about 50 pairs of shoes. I discussed it a while ago. And I had it as a great part in it where I mentioned all the shoe brands I had. And to sing that quickly. And I had wedding shoes. Wedding shoes, summer shoes, winter shoes, and funeral shoes. All the different types of shoes that you use for different things. Mm. Yeah. And, and, and of course, my... My girl, she gets the blues because she's sick of seeing my shoes all over the place. Mm-hmm. So you can write a song about anything. Yeah. yeah, I wrote a song about two songs about suicide. Bring them up is one of my favorite songs that I've ever written. Yeah, for a friend of mine, 
bring them up and let them go. But always let them know. Tell them you love them when you can. Try to be the biggest fan. Bring them up and let them go. You have no control over what they do when they become adults. You can only hope for the best. Bring them up and let them go. But always let them know. Tell them you love them when you can. Try to be their biggest fan. Bring them up and let them go. If you say, look at Christy Moore and you want to write a song for Christy Moore, and if you say he sings songs in a particular genre, and if you try and write a song to suit Christy Moore, it mightn't appeal to him. But then Christy Moore might hear your song about the shoes and pick that song and say, actually, I like that song because it's different. So I suppose my point is that you're better off instead of trying to aim at something or trying to emulate something is just write what you like. I just write what I like. Yeah. I mean, I, I put the wobbling man up on his side yeah. and it got a lot of traction and it moved. Yeah. And a lot of people talked about it. Actually, can I say to anybody who's listening to this that I don't have, I, I understand a little bit about music now because I'm of my age, but I can't, I can't read a note of music. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I, I, I have a lot of chords and I have a lot of structures and I, I put in the hours of trying to get the sound right for what I'm looking for. It sounds to me like you wouldn't have a lot of abandoned songs, you know. There's a lot of songwriters out there. Or either they get sick of the sound of their own voice or they just can't. They feel like the song isn't good enough or you talk about confidence. Do you do you keep on going till you finish the song or do you just or would you give up if you're like, well, this isn't working, I'm going to scrap it? I think I never give up, but I, I might... I, I might move to something else for a little while, a couple mm-hmm. of days. But I'll tell you one thing. This is a fact. If you're a songwriter and you get used to it, and you're maybe you're after doing two or three years of it, when you pick the line or the music, you'll know immediately that you have it. You just feel it. I often sit in a bus... And I listen to the conversation beside me <laughs> on a train. I, I really do. And yeah. I write down the information. Yeah. I, I don't talk, tell about those people's li- lives. Yeah. I hear things that might be very effective in a song and I write them down. Mm-hmm. So another question I have here is you tend to use a lot of different guitar tunings. Yeah. Do you, is that something you do just to have a break from standard tuning? Yeah. Or does that feed the creativity by having a different sound? It, it, it makes you work differently on the music and it, it gives you a way to form a different musical taste and sound for yourself so that you're not listening to the same yeah. string sound all the time. I don't play, I, I play a couple of other instruments, Tim around. I'm playing since I was 14, yeah. 15. Yeah. So if you stayed playing that time and you toured and I played with bands, you're going to have something. But that's about all I have. I think what happens with people is when they play standard tuning, you tend to fall into the same familiar chords. I move it. Yeah. People say to me, how can you write songs like that? What are you doing? What are you doing that's changing those songs around? The tuning is doing it for me. Yeah. Everybody should be writing in open Ds, drop Ds, double drop Ds. I write in all of them. G tuning, C tuning, which is very unusual, but I tried to figure out those ones. Joni Mitchell was famous for 
multiple tunings. Multiple tunings, tune. yeah. So if you change their song, you're, I know that you're a big fan of I of Blue. I love Johnny Mitchell and Blue is my favourite album of all time. <laughs> yeah, so I suppose, you know, for people who are just getting started with songwriting, um, newbie songwriters, have you any tips for them to get going? Well, I have, uh, I, I, I suppose, I, in the sense that they are trying to think what they, they, they think they can only write about love because they're going out with some girl or they fancy some girl and they want to write about that. But there's a song in every newspaper article every day. And you can take the article and you can change around the words and write about the story that you've just read and it could be one of the greatest songs ever. Yeah, it's a great way to stretch yourself as yeah, a writer as well. And a writer, and 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 you you don't have to be looking for a subject to write about. It's there. There might be ten stories tomorrow morning in the paper. Yeah. Do you think we just we do stick to those universal themes like love and loss? And but they're the general ones because yeah. they're the ones that hurt us. And they're great we love it, songs. They, you know. But when you get hurt, you want to write about yeah. it. Yeah. But I'm just saying, I I I am I'm, I'm I'm a writer now who wants to write about everything. Yeah. So I wrote about a tragedy that I was I, I was there living it on the day in 2002 uh, from Feather on Sea when there was a family of five drowned out of seven and a boat that went down when they went around Banner Point. It's called Handsome Stranger. Handsome Stranger is what I'm referring to as the sea. So that song, the first verse is just about that occasion, that morning that happened on a Sunday morning during a festival I was down there. And then I wrote one verse, three verses only, very short song, and about um, ships that have went up in the rocks around Ireland. And the last verse was about how brilliant the sea is when it runs up to the children's feet when they're in playing in the water yeah. in the summer. So it is, it's just so much tougher from the sea. There's a balance there between yeah. saying the sea can be destructive and and a, and a good thing as well. But my point there is again that it, that's a song that people wouldn't expect anyone to write about, and a few people came to me after and said, "Is that the song about that, that happened on a further on sea?" And I said, "It is. It's just so much to write about." Let's not forget the good times that you gave us. For I have seen man is a happy child. Hard dance along the edges of your doorway Oh, you ran up to caress them and you smiled So we must try not to take you for granted Each story in our memory is found And when we are near you must remember can you talk about Gone for a Day? Gone for a Day. Gone for a Day is one of my favourite songs, actually. Um, I watch a lot of nature programmes and I write about nature as well. Um, I was fasc- I'm fascinated with birds as well. Two-legged ones <laughs> and, 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 and one with wings, you know. And... Um, Myself and my son, who is another nature freak, we were sitting down one night watching this, the World Series that Attenborough did with BBC on birds. And he happened to, I, I love the albatross, the rhyme of the ancient mariner and with the albatross from when I was a schoolboy. So I remember they were showing 
the big wingspan of that albatross, how it could soar the seas. And the chick was quite a, a large chick. You would you would be so surprised how big a chick is belong to an, mm. an albatross family. Yeah. And they only come together for, for that time. And uh, he goes off and he goes looking for the fish. But they're gone for weeks. They're gone way out mm. trying to get... And he, he brings back the food and regurgitates it yep. for the chick. But the chick is frozen with the cold and suffering on the edge of the bank. And we were watching this. And I was saying, Jesus, that's an amazing story. And um, then they come back and the life goes on. But it, it was a great... The scenes were brilliant. How they got the shots on the rocks... And of course, it was coming up to Valentine's Day, and my wife was going away for twenty-four hours with some friends of hers. So she was going away, and I was going to have to regurgitate the food for three children. Yeah. So I was saying, wouldn't it be great to write a song about her going for the day, and use the albatross as the analogy type thing? Home flies the albatross. He doesn't feel the loss I do Or without you Albatross, I wish that I were you He flies the long way home He never feels alone like I do Or without you Albatross I wish that I were you You're only gone for a day But tomorrow seems so far away hey. So John, thank you for talking to us today It's a pleasure yeah, it was just a fantastic chat. I learned so much um, today. Thank you so much for being on Songsmith. It was, it was lovely. Thank you. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed discussing songwriting. It's one of my favourite things in life. So, Eva, what's your takeaway from the chat with John? He's just so knowledgeable about, you know, songwriting um, and he knows what works well for him. He's unafraid and really brave in taking on new styles, um, different tunings. He's got loads of tips for anyone who wants to get involved in songwriting or wants to get started in songwriting. And uh, yeah, it was fantastic. Yeah, I mean, he's been doing this a long time and on over the years, he seemed to have picked up different techniques, different ways of writing songs. And like you said, he's not afraid to try something new or take a new perspective uh, and to move outside the typical themes of love and relationships and even take on the persona of a flower or, write, like you said, or writing about shoes yeah. or just different topics that people aren't used to hearing about in songs. Yeah, and the attention to detail in his songs is amazing. The amount of thought, preparation and hard work that he puts into it that okay, you can be inspired. It just reminds me that like you really you can be inspired, but unless you're going to follow through on that actual process of songwriting, you know you're not going to end up with the song at the end of the day. Uh, I suppose the other thing too is like listening to John playing live here. It's a very special thing 
just mm-hmm. to hear somebody perform to that level um, makes a big difference and just brings out the best in a song. Yeah, I think the other tip that really that songwriters could take on board from from John is really just, you know, the confidence. You know, he talked about that kind of um, sting story, you know, about having the confidence to kind of do the silly lyrics and the more serious lyrics. And um, even that kind of juxtaposition of don't take yourself too seriously, but also take it seriously. Yeah, I mean, and the other thing too is, I mean, he's very brave in terms of that story about the wobbling man, which is probably his masterpiece, really. And it's a very harrowing song. It's a tough listen to at times. And like I said, it's 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 a kind of song you need at, to be at the end of an album because it's hard to follow it, you know. You need a few moments after hearing a song like that to move on. But to be able to put your life story into a song like that and sing it to people and, and uh, pull it out there, takes a lot of guts as well you know yeah and it's heartbreak on another level I think we're all used to the songs about you know the jilted lover or the heartbroken person you know but to talk about the heartbreak of you know your father kind of letting you down and putting it in a song and um, kind of revisiting yourself as a child to kind of go through that trauma again is just it's just on another level 